Hey, yo. Um, sorry, I, I missed the button. I thought I never hit the button, but actually I did hit the button. So welcome to the FPV live stream hosted by me. And I'm pretty sure you all know my name already because a uh, majority of the people over here are my uh, not the first time viewers. Anyhow, I'm Paweł Spychalski and please welcome, no, please welcome me. And this uh, Saturday night, uh, no, not night, Saturday evening when we will be talking about stuff. And usually the stuff is about the RC hobby, FPV and stuff like that. I'm not sure if you can hear it, but the dog, <laughs> dog is barking downstairs and I cannot kind of stop it because the dog decided to be, um, let's say, kind of proactive in the in the ways of trying to like run away so uh, although my family is down is in the in the garden and the god has to stay uh, okay can you hear the dog because i can hear the dog in my uh, in my headphones can you hear the dog i think you can hear the dog so i don't think that makes uh i have to take the dog <laughs> wait so I had to take the dog, and this is maybe not the, the manliest dog ever, uh, because she's white, she's small, and this is not usually the kind of the dog I thought I'm gonna like, but actually I like the dog, and uh, she probably is right now missing my wife and the kids, so let's have her over here for some time so that it will be slightly quieter downstairs. So, anyhow, anyhow, please welcome, and let's begin from the top. Do you have any interesting news about the FPV from the last, let's say, two weeks? And the DJI OSD canvas mode is not really the news because we already have the video about that on this channel. However, if you heard about something interesting, please do share in the chat. We will gladly, gladly talk about this. Um, on the other hand, I'm kind of tired today. My younger daughter decided that modern dancing is something she wanted to do. And uh, today we had the tournament, dancing tournament, uh, like 150 kilometers from home. And we had to be there like at 8 a.m. What an ungodly hour. So I'm kind of exhausted about the whole day of driving. And then, oh, yeah, <laughs> fantastic, outstanding. Okay, so the dog will go over there. So the dog will dog go over there and we can slowly start to concentrate on the interesting stuff. And the interesting stuff that I have like five topics prepared for today. So in case there will be not too many of the questions, there will be always something to, to talk about. Or maybe even six. Uh, uh -huh, because this is interesting. Maybe even six. Um, people, like I said, uh, are joining. Please welcome Martin Christianson, Riot9, Vernkel, Spaced Mouse, Blind Ark. And, and let's begin with the question from Blind Ark, because Blind Ark would like to know Can he use global function for overriding the type of the failsafe to alt hold and position hold? And sure, what the type of the commands, uh, how they operate. No, the failsafe procedure cannot be changed uh, during the operation. So, global functions actually right now uh, everything is called just the logic condition cannot override the failsafe procedure. Um, so, so, no, this cannot be really achieved. However, um, maybe you can write your 
own fail-safe procedure. Because, but this is extremely dangerous. And be very careful that you rather don't want, you want to test this. Because you can set the fail-safe procedure to do nothing and then use the logic conditions to detect the is failsafe condition, which still should be detected because even do nothing on the failsafe is actually a failsafe. And then modify the channel output to activate, let's say, altitude hold or something else. But activating only altitude hold for the failsafe makes uh, no sense because then, yes, you will hold the altitude, but it will just fly whatever it wants and most probably it will sooner or later go in a strange place. So also the position hold is not probably the best thing to have uh, in case of the failsafe because if you just activate the position hold and you will not be able to regain the control uh, because for example, I don't know, the receiver smoked or transmitter smoked or radio smoked or whatever, then your UAV will stay where it is until the battery dies and then it will crash. So most probably this is not uh, really the way to go. So yeah, if you want to have a proper failsafe, then just uh, leave it on as the return to home and uh, let's trust the INF will be able to do what it was supposed to do with Without absolutely any, absolutely any problems. Uh, by the way, there are 24 concurrent viewers and only six likes. I don't like this proportion, so please do hit the like button. Uh, so YouTube God's algorithm recommendation system will think that this is such an amazing live stream. Oh, I forgot something. Mad lad, uh, 3 a.m. in Australia. <laughs> you must be really bored. <laughs> Uh, 3 a.m. is such an ungodly hour. Uh, 3 a.m. I don't remember when the last time I was uh, up at 3 a.m. This is not really something that's uh, happening uh, very often in my case, but nice, nice, nice. 3 a.m. Okay, uh, Gavron has a question. And if, this is, if there is a question, then maybe I have an answer. Um, are transmitter gimbal sizes standardized? Uh, I'm wondering if I can fit AG01 Mini into Jumper T-Lite. You're not the first one that is asking this question. Uh, because Quick Flash... Mm, quick Flash? Yes, Quick Flash uh, asked this question uh, like a few weeks ago. Because... Not a few days ago. Because I do have the uh, AG01 over here. Um, AG01 actually mini, this will fit nicely the uh, Zorro and TX12, however, we cannot really assume that they're standardized. Uh, that was most probably true in case of, I don't know, uh, Jumper T16 and Radiomaster TX16 because they like departed from the same company. But I don't think we have to assume that they are standardized. Everything can be different. The whole spacing can be slightly different and uh, and that's all. So I would not really count on that. No, they are not standardized. If you, for example, take the gimbals from the uh, FreeSky, they will not fit the Radio Master. Radio Master will not fit FreeSky. Um, the in electrical interface is the same. So if you will fit them into the, the bot, then they will work because this is just a potentiometer or the Hall effect sensor. However, nobody guarantees is that there is enough space in the radio to fit the different gimbal and the whole spacing is correct and the depth of the hole and everything is just fine so i i really would not would not go that that far maybe they fit maybe they don't uh, honestly i 
I doubt they actually fit. Oh yeah, this is another nice interesting question. Dorel Kodrut Patraska. Any words regarding the release of OpenTX 2.3.15 after almost one year? So, the thing is, um, I personally do not think that very fast release cycle in case of the OpenTX or the software for the Red actually makes sense. Because if you think about this carefully, there are not like groundbreaking changes. And People are complaining that OpenTX have not released anything in last one year, but uh, <laughs> in one month there will be two years since the Beta Flight uh, released the major version uh, previously, because the previous major version was like June. June, July uh, 2020, so almost two years ago. And they are all... Yes, I know there were like 4.2.1.2 and they went up to 11, but those were only minor releases, nothing really major. Uh, anyhow, let's see what's going on with the OpenTX... OpenTX 2.3.15 because I only saw the message that uh, it actually happened, uh, but I don't know what's inside. Personally, I don't expect that there is really a lot uh, of stuff. However, I might be wrong. So where is the... Yes, uh, 2.3.15. So what changed? Express LRS and multi-version. Okay, so yeah, makes sense. Absolutely, Express LRS is right now the king of the new radios. Ja Radio Master Zoro, Jumper T Pro, uh, Ghost Mod module have no additional means like mixer rate and speaking. Okay, ta -ta 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 -ta. nothing interesting. Supports for Ghost 12-bit protocol. Nobody, nobody needs 12-bit protocols for the gimbals and, the, and the, the, the number of channels sent. No, mm -mm. even 10 bits is too much. Honestly, it's, it's just too much. You will not feel any difference. You might feel a difference uh, when you have like crazy expo scale, but I don't really think that even there you would feel actually the difference because we are, we are crossing the... We are way, 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 way crossing the resolution of anything below that. So even if you have the 12 bit on the in the input, uh, nobody guarantees that the motors have such a resolution. And so, uh, okay, 12 bits is better than 10 bits, but is it that better? I don't know. Uh, so something fixed, something fixed, uh, blah blah blah. Nothing interesting, blah blah blah. Nothing interesting. Blah blah blah, flybart uh, helis, uh, nothing interesting. Hot telemetry, who uses hot telemetry by the way? Improved rotary encoding, da, da, da. so some improvement. Uh, Multi protocol module, uh, nothing basically, nothing really like from the groundbreaking features. Uh, so, this is this is just a maintenance uh, release of some, some uh, really things. Uh, NB Linux, 12-bit for head tracking. Um, what's the resolution of the servo? If we are head tracking, then what's the resolution of the servo? Some people might say that this is 1000 steps and 1000 is basically 10 bits. 
but uh, guess what? No, the servos does not have. Uh, maybe maybe the most expensive servos has uh, 10 bits resolution, but everything cheaper. No, it doesn't have the 10 bits uh, even then. Uh, honestly, I even doubt the majority of the servos has like 100, maybe 200 steps. Uh, honestly, just take any servo that you put into your uh, airplane and connect this thing uh, on the pass-through and just start moving, moving the stick very gently and observe what are the numbers changing on the on the radio output and when the servo really starts to move. You would be surprised how much you actually have to move in terms of the, of the values until the servo moves. Uh, one day, one day I will test that. I, one day I will make an experiment to verify how many steps actually servos have. But no, there is absolutely no need to, to have 12 bits because 12 bits gives you how much? 4096 and the dog is barking again. So, short break. Uh, oi! Oi, 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 oi. So, no, <laughs> there's not a chance that anything has such a high resolution to really sacrifice 12 bit mode. Um, but okay, okay. Uh, but okay. okay, what else? Mm. Space, Space Mouse, Mouse says, says that parenting is exhausting. Yes, yes, it, it is. is. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. is. Luckily, with, with the age of the kids, the kids it's, it's, they, they say it's, it's getting, getting better. better. Um, my, my older, older daughter, daughter is, is in the teenager mode, mode right now, so it's uh, maybe, maybe it's simpler, simpler but, but super irritating. irritating. But, but yeah. yeah. Mm. Abel Deham uh, and uh, Hello Abel are this weekly. I'd love to have an FPV stream to learn stuff on Saturday too. Uh, they are, let's say, bi-weekly. Uh, bi-weekly once a month. It really depends uh, on uh, how I'm doing, if I have time. But uh, recently we are trying to keep those streams bi-weekly. So most probably the next stream will be on the 7th of May, uh, most probably. Uh, but, uh, but I'm uh, always uh, creating, creating the, the announcement of when the live, next live stream will be, so it's scheduled live stream, so if you are a subscriber, you will probably know when the next one is happening. But yeah, this is, this is more or less uh, what's happening. Uh, Jekyll, I have an M80 Pro. Power and GPS go to VFly GPS Mate. SDA SCL to the FC. Measure the GPS between 3 and the SCL and SDA. I get 11 ohms. At any speed I set in INAP, I get compass error intermediate. So, um, What's the situation with the uh, with the I2C? I2C is the pull-up uh, bus. That means that in the idle state, both SCL and SDA should be high, not five volts, uh, because they are pulled up to 3.3 volts, but they will be pulled up. Uh, that means that it's fine that you have low resistance between the five, more or less fine, uh, between the five volts and the uh, I2C uh, paths, because this is how it's supposed to be happening. However, uh, you should not connect this thing with the fact if the uh, if the you have the compass error or not have compass error. Um, it's all, it's possible that just you have uh, too long of the wires or uh, something else is going on. The fact that you only have the low resistance on that is, is irrelevant in this case. I would not really uh, look at that. You might have to 
will start digging deeper. Uh, and if you have a compass error intermittently, <laughs> check the wiring and connect without the uh, GPS mate. Uh, check if, if the error goes away if you just connect the GPS directly to the flight controller. Uh, maybe this will help. I cannot promise, but there is a pretty good chance. And the Mamba F722, this thing uh, should have no problem the pull-ups on the on the board. So, so flight controller is I don't think it's relevant in this case. In this case, mm, Madlat. One more time. Do I think the LRS systems will use 433 MHz in the future, or are we stuck on the 915 for the foreseeable future? Um, the problem with the low frequency is that low frequency requires to have the bigger antenna. And only because of that, the current trend is to, well, to make the airplanes and drones smaller. And that kind of requires you to also use the uh, shorter antenna. All the chipsets that we have uh, right now, uh, for example, 915, they are Semtech 1220, 1276, 1278, depending on what. There are versions, they're actually the same. The same for both uh, 800, uh, 900 MHz and 433 MHz. So only if you change the magic circuit and some of the settings on the on the amplifier and so on, you can no problem can, for example, push uh, those radios to 433. But the problem with the 433 MHz radios is that you, if you want to have a dipole, your dipole has to be like how long? 30 centimeters. This is that long of the dipole. And try to fit this thing on anything small, like 5 inch, 7 inch. Even most of the airplane will struggle to get that big of the antenna somewhere in the wing. And this is just a huge inconvenience. And on top of that, the difference in the, in the distances, in the ranges that we can get from the 433 and the 900 MHz and even 2.4 GHz system for our applications in the RC hobby, Yes, the 433 will go further, but how much further? Does it really make sense to go this further when you have to have this huge antenna sitting somewhere and uh, complicate uh, everything uh, even more? So um, it's just a natural way to go that the we want to have smaller antennas. Look how popular are currently those small uh, integrated antennas on the 2.4 GHz Express LRS uh, receivers. People love them. And the Express LRS, long-range system, is long-range. So, so I would not really like think that in the majority of the, uh, the use cases we will go down to 433. You can build it yourself. I'm pretty sure that adapting Express LRS to 433 MHz is super simple. And probably doesn't really require anything. Uh, maybe even it supports 433. You might check it out, but in the practical applications, that doesn't really make much sense. Karol uh, Michoni. Karol uh, is writing in Polish, so I will just quickly translate what Karol wrote. Hi, I have a problem. I've built my first drone and everything works, uh, but when I move the yaw. Uh, the orientation is uh, 
changing when he's flying to himself. Because this is how it works. Uh, this is how the drone works. Because the, just the roll right because roll left and so on so so this is expected uh, check for the headless mode i know that uh, i know that inav has the why nobody said that i have uh, problems with audio nobody said only then later <laughs> okay now, now the echo problems should be fixed. I'm sorry, I moved the wrong slider over here. So yeah, but okay, I will cut it out. No, I will not cut it out. <laughs> it's too late. So uh, there's a headless mode. Uh, headless mode requires the uh, how it's called magnetometer, and then when you do have the magnetometer, then the orientation will be the same no matter how you're going to rotate your drone. For example, if you rotate it 90 degrees, the pitch forward will move it outside of you, uh, and the pitch down will move it towards you, no matter how this is, this thing is orientated. oriented. Uh, this... Uh, probably probably makes sense only and only if you fly line of sight because when you are flying with the fpv it just doesn't make uh, make any sense but if you want to really try to use the headless mode or just uh, learn to live with that uh, because with some practice you can uh, overcome this uh, this thing and uh, yeah, spaced mouse. This short break, another short break, was brought to me by my, my actually by my wife bought the dog. I only like do everything about this thing besides washing. <laughs> um, so yeah. <clears throat> so uh, guys, it was not really the microphone that created the problem. It was this device over here. Ta -dum, ta -dum. Uh, I have a, this slider is driving the volume on this microphone, and this slider is driving the volume of the of the system. So if I want to put something somewhere uh, from my PC, then this this slider up louder. But this one, uh, this one drives the audio from the camera, and the camera audio is I think ahead 150 milliseconds uh, because of the HDMI and stuff like that uh, in the OBS, in the streaming software, I have to make the adjustments so that this, uh, this microphone and the video are synchronized. But uh, that audio is out of sync of 150 milliseconds with this one. And that's why we had this nasty, nasty echo. I just, I even have a small labels on the, on the, on the device uh, saying that, okay, uh, this is coming, but uh, I'm just so tired today. Anyhow, Zoran uh, B, moin moin. Uh, yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, Christian Todorov, is it possible to have headless and angle mode at the same time? Yes. Uh, I think even headless works only with the uh, angle mode enabled, so absolutely you can do it. Uh, Big Boost FPV, moin. And uh, Stare FPV, hello. Uh, Pinnacle GoPro Hero 11 session. Um, the thing is, um, I would be surprised if uh, GoPro would bring back the. You know what? Let's let's do it like that, because this actually might make sense. 
Uh, wait a second. So, I would be really surprised if GoPro resurrected the session uh, format. And why? Why it would be very strange and I would be very surprised. Because uh, the only people who were buying session format were, well, let's say FPV pilots. Because this box uh, with the with box camera with pretty good and pretty decent the, uh, video quality was appealing to only basically to the FPV pilots. Because everybody else uh, just doesn't give the tiny rats as about the session format because for them it's not really a problem to have a screen something slightly wider something slightly bigger to put somewhere on you on your head whatever or just hold it in your head and uh, only fpv pilots were really into the session format however the problem with the fpv pilots is that we are not really that much of the general population. That means that sessions were most probably not really selling very well, uh, at least comparing to the full-blown uh, heroes. Because if you compare how many sixes or sevens, sixes and fives were sold, we don't know. But my my expectation is that the sessions, eh, no, not really. On top of that. If the FPV pilots are buying sessions, they will be rather crushing a lot. And if they brought the subscription and the, the insurance that the GoPro offers, they will probably replacing those cameras quite often. And believe it or not, for the GoPro, the best case scenario is when you buy the camera, buy the insurance, the subscription, how this is called right now, and then never replace the camera at all. So. In theory, yes, it's a great deal to have the subscription, uh, but it's not for free. It costs you money, and uh, they really don't want you to do it. Yes, we don't. Uh, we do not ask any questions, but yeah, they do ask questions. And if, for example, the serial number is damaged, then they will not do it. I tried to do the replacement actually twice in my life. In the first time, it was absolutely fine. I got new one in the in just a few weeks. The second time, uh, problem started because the, I was trying to replace the Hero 7 for the and they were not Hero 7s anymore so they only could offer me the Hero 8 but I had to pay extra 100 bucks when I compared everything I decided that well um, the session only no, not session the Hero only had like cheap LCD not, not the match it was working it was only cheap in one place but if I replace it and try to sell, uh, it will still cost me more than I just sell the Hero 7 as damaged. Also, those are, let's say, the, the little quarks with the, with the Hero uh, session, the Hero subscription format. So, um, we have to finally, as the community, uh, really realize that we are the minority and uh, there is very, very, very little. FPV pilots, and we are not the best customers for the GoPro company. They, If they could choose, they would probably never sell any cameras to us because we will crash it, we will damage, we will want to replace it. And the experiment with the session proved that, well, if those cameras were really selling that well, they would not uh, put it off uh, of the market. And that's just the reality. Yes. So, so to sum things up, I really don't think that this will this will ever happen. Mm -mm. This, mm, I would be really surprised. On the other hand, 
I, for example, uh, currently like very much my, uh, how is this thing is called, uh, Cadix Peanut. Uh, small or light, yeah, the video is decent, why not Why? Why not just use it? It's cheap, so, so fantastic, outstanding. And I, let's remember that a few months ago, GoPro kind of promised two new types of the camera this year. I wonder if the Hero 10 Bones, Bone, is that the first one of those two promised? I hope not, because the idea of the Hero 10 Bone, it's it's fucked up. Or rather, it's great, but not for the, for the price. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, Jekyll, one more time of the I2C. Uh, he says that the wires from the GPS to GPS mate and to the FCs are fairly long. So, rule of a thumb is that everything above 20 centimeters causes problems. So, how much is in inches 20 centimeters? 5 inches. No. 20? No, yeah, 5 inches. Five inches? No, doesn't make sense. How much is an inch? Uh, 2.454 uh, centimeters. So... No, sorry. Eight inches. Everything above eight inches is basically too long, so, so you should uh, try to avoid that. And no, the resistor will not help. Uh, the resistor that pulls the SCL and SDA lines, if there is already a resistor, uh, then adding a new one uh, kind of will only make the job of the MOSFET that is pulling the line down when the line should be down will be harder. You can uh, just smoke it because too much current will be going through this uh, through this mosfet uh, and the resistance and the level and how fast the uh, the bus is switching does not only depend on the uh, on the on the resistance of the of the pull-ups it also depends on the capacitance of the line and the inductance of the line and so on and so on and so on yes resistance Lowering the resistance and increasing the pull-up strength can help, but I doubt it will really help in your uh, in your case. Mm, oh, Matstech, hello, oh, hello, uh, hello. I'll, uh, streams always get something wrong doing live streams. Yeah, every single time. Well, not every single time. It was really uh, uh, a moment since the last time I fucked up something. <laughs> Probably, probably I should have the my voice in the in the headphones. Probably this would help a lot to to localize the and the problems with audio. However, because this is the USB microphone and this is the USB headset, the delay between the microphone and the processing and the video and the headset just sounds like a huge echo in my in my voice. So I I don't really hell. Um, yeah. So. We have an interesting comment, but let's ignore that for a second. So, uh, King Pupra, thank you very much for your super kind 20 bucks donation. I love getting donations because thanks to donations, I can get me new stuff, right? <laughs> funny, 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 funny. Uh, well, yeah, I think at least I hope so. I'm funny. Um, 
I saw somewhere we had the question from CS. Uh, Kakuti H7 plus ESC stack supports ArduPilot. Can it be used for the VTOL application? Definitely. Uh, yes, definitely. Let me quick let's let me let's let's quickly check how the output mapping looks like uh, on the Kakuti H7 because I don't remember anything everything, but we can check that. Uh, because INAV has the Kakuti H7 running, we can just quickly see which pins are available and which pins uh, are there. So, target Kakuti H7 target.c. So, we have timer 3, timer 3, timer 2, timer 2. Timer 5588. Five, eight. So, yeah, absolutely, you can have uh, four motors and four servos uh, connected, or six motors and two servers, or two motors and six servos. So, that absolutely should be doable, no problem. So, if you want to VTOL with this stack, then yes, absolutely go with the Ardu Pilot. This will probably be the best uh, VTOL experience you can get right, get right now for free. Uh, so, the software for free. So, definitely, yes. Uh, Matstech uh, heard that GoPro had issues with the patent of the design. Yeah, I think you're right. Years ago, there was something with the patent of the on the session format, and uh, guess Runcap just doesn't don't care. No, the the Chinese companies does not really care too much about that. No, no, the, the patent. No, no, no. If you are huge. Chinese company like Huawei or, or Xiaomi or something like that, and then and you infringe somebody's patent, then yeah, they they will go to the court and, for example, prohibit selling your stuff in the United States and in Europe. But only then, <laughs> if you're just making cameras for FPV pilots, that that's are probably dozens. I don't know, few thousands, few dozen thousands, maybe globally of the, of the each batch. No, nobody will really care about that. And no, 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 no. So let's just like forget about this. We cannot really care. <laughs> and absolutely uh, ignore it. Mm, Jekyll 20 centimeters. Um, connect without the GPS mate. See what happens without the GPS mate. Uh, if this fixes your problem, then you know that the problem is with the GPS mate. Uh, if not, then well, not. Uh, personally, I don't really think it's much much use to to use the GPS mate. I never really understood why you should be using GPS mate. I have one unit uh, that uh, VFly sent to me, but then no, mm -mm. no that, that, that's just like why, 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 why. Yeah, what's a patent? Patent, 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 patent. What's the correct pronunciation in English? Patent. In Polish, is definitely patent, but in English, is patent, 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 patent. <sighs> English is funny that <laughs> the same letter can be pronounced in so many different ways and people say that Polish is complicated. Yeah, it is, but it's a completely different story. Uh, Luca Lombardo. 
The DJI FPV drone had a, have a panic button on the remote that position hold the drone in any situation with GPS or without GPS using sensor. Can I do the same with INAV with Matek optical flow and GPS? So ignore the optical flow. The, the optical flow hardware we can get for our drones works to one meter height, so just, just ignore it. But it's not an off-flow issue, it's the rangefinder issue. But uh, panic button, absolutely. Uh, you can, for example, have angle mode on the on the on any on the button. It will not really hold the position, but it will stabilize you and uh, will allow you to let's have a moment to think about it. Or you can even have the position hold uh, if if you are inverted. The enough it has enough of the. Uh, of the height difference between you and the ground, uh, will try to rotate it and then just start the position hold. It will probably not work as well as the DJI drone solution works, but most probably it will be just enough. So absolutely, just give it a try. Uh, should work. Uh, okay, that's an interesting question. ITX FPV, is it hard to make a custom target? Mm, define hard. Mm, is it hard process that you have to learn a lot about the programming and some stuff? Uh, no, rather not. And what's really interesting and hard about the building the target files is to well understand how the STM32 architecture works. And, and basically the hardest part is to build the target scene. On which pin connected to what goes to which timer, which channel and which pin basically and how to assign this thing. But if you understand the basic rules that uh, one timer cannot be assigned to two different function, functions, then it's kind of much simpler. You don't really have to worry about uh, stuff like uh, DMAs if the target is built in the correct, uh, correct way and so on. So it's not really hard. Uh, usually there is much more hassle and time consuming is to build the target.h which tells how everything is connected. But if you have something similar, like a different F722 or different 745, uh, then just using this as the template for your target is actually not really that hard. You only have to know what goes where, uh, which pins are responsible for that, and that's basically gone. You compile, you flash, see what's going on, what's, what's working, what's not working. Of course, if at the same time you want to add the new type of the MCU, like for example, if you would, for example, want to support the INAV uh, on, let's say, H750, which we currently do not support, you will have more problems because there not only you would have to learn INAV that H750 exists, but also you would have to solve the problem that H750 has only 128 kilobytes of RAM, and if you want to put uh, a flash, and if you want to put the uh, INAV, uh, you will have to move the INAV somewhere to the SD card, so you'll have to have build your own bootloader, or for example, move it to, I don't know, what are the options, uh, external flash, and uh, so on. So then it's, yeah, then it might be complicated, but uh, that's, that's all. By the way, uh, is the stream working uh, for you? 
because uh, on my side I see that no it's working right now something just broke on the YouTube sites so yeah mm. yeah so not really that that hard I think Ersishim, hello! It's been a while uh, since I saw you over here the last time, like the year ago, maybe, or something. Anyhow, it's always it's always a nice thing to host another famous, at least famous in certain uh, circles, uh, <laughs> YouTubers, influencers, and internet superstars, because we are local, very teeny tiny tiny, like the plankton size of the stars. <laughs> Plankton. Actually, sometimes being a plankton is is a kind of kind of good news. Yes, if you are a plankton, you can just not care about stuff, and you can allow yourself to say things that otherwise you might not say because it would cost you too much of the income. Yes. Funny fact: if I stop making this YouTube channel nothing really changes in my life i only have more free time i can i can start spending this time on something else uh, but if for example someone who lives off the youtube channel stops making the videos yeah they kind of should find a different source of the income i don't have to do it because um, of my daytime job i'm let's say financially secured and uh, because I'm financially secured, I do not really have to care that much. And this is a great feeling, not to have to care about different stuff. But, well, um, yes, I'm not the coach on that. So let's just continue with what's going on with the chat. And Matstech has a similar opinion with, with you there, brother. I'm the same. Would get my life back if I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you really have no idea how much time the, the running of the YouTube channel really takes. I, I think I'm kind of efficient in, for example, making videos. And I like making videos, for, so for me this is fun. And recently I even started to like the editing uh, process of the videos. And I learned how to make videos almost for free, because I can just record them during the live stream, and bam, I have a video I can publish a few weeks ago, and no, a few weeks later, and nobody really will spot that this is part of the live stream. This is beautiful, because people forget. <laughs> Sometimes for fun, I'm even republishing the videos for a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I did it at least twice, maybe three times. Nobody spot that this is the old video. But still, this is really a time-consuming. And uh, and uh, if I would be doing this for, for life, no, no, no. That, that, that's just fun. That's just fun and nothing else. But... But anyhow, uh, have you seen the DJI OSD with the canvas? I know that if Dominic Clifton, aka Hydra, would be here, he would immediately say that, no, this is not a canvas, no, this is MSP display port. Yeah, whatever. And uh, the thing is that the, the flight controller is writing on the, on the canvas of the OSD of the DJI goggles by putting characters somewhere. This is not pixel, this is just the character-based canvas. So let's 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 keep it at, uh, in the name of the canvas because I think it's appropriate and I sorry I have to charge my Mavic Mini because tomorrow I have an intention to finally go to the flying field after like 
I don't remember when. And I have an airplane to maiden. I have a motors to test and verify if they are working. I have the different drone to maiden. And I want to just uh, fly for fun because I like flying my drones. So I have a lot of stuff. So I have to take my Mavic because my Mavic I can use as the flying camera to record some interesting takes, especially for the maiden. Because wait. Do I have... To? Ah, here it is. Because I have finished this thing. It's done. It's ready. It's ready for the maiden. It's the little glider. Uh, every year or so Lidl uh, has these things in the offer. They cost like, I don't know, 12 euros, 12 bucks or something like that. In Poland it's like 50, 60 is what and this is pretty cool foamy. Uh, but if you take a look at the foamy in a correct way and you add the spar, then you can and install the motor on the front, then you can have a powered glider and everything works fantastically. But I decided to make something slightly more advanced. So this is, behold, this is lead glider advanced. It is a twin motor. Uh, but I don't think that those uh, mounts for the motors I have over here will really be durable enough. Most probably they will crash, they will crack on the first landing and I will have to build uh, much stronger mounts for the, for the booms. And this is a tail, so we have something like that in the tail. Uh, some people say that it looks like the Baryaktar and uh, ask if this was... Uh, based on the Baryaktar, but the funny fact, I started working on this thing in like last summer, so way, 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 way before anybody even knew what the Baryaktar is, and it has everything. It has the analog, this is analog, it has the VTX, it has the magnet hold, the, the canopy over here, it has the flight controller, boozer, it even has the GPS, which is kind of cool, and should be powered by the single 4S, the 500 milliamp hours 4S LiPo. So it should be quite, quite interesting. I, I really wonder how this thing will fly. Uh, so far, I know that it has enough of the, of the thrust to go vertically up. Uh, and yeah, might be interesting if this thing will work out, how this thing will work out in the air. And of course, uh, I have to record a lot of videos, especially videos before the Maiden. Because if the Maiden goes wrong, I will not be able to shoot any B-rolls with this thing. So I will have to be creative and survived. So yeah, uh, this thing and... Uh, Flying stick. Flying stick again. I wanted to finish the videos about the flying stick last week, uh, but turned out that uh, well, the flight controller erased itself. Itself. So so yeah. But let's back to the DJI canvas mode. Um, this thing has a potential. This thing has a huge potential, but only and only if the procedure of installing this thing on the on your goggles will be simple and uh, convenient and, and just simple, because this is extremely important. Uh, routing your goggles and then flashing something with the different hardwares and having all the stacks running locally for for building the margarine and the and the cold that's super irritating, and. Uh, 
and uh, and you know that's rather not something that uh, everybody will want to work with but if this will be like one program you connect you click the button and then you have the OSD that would be um, actually pretty amazing and but the best thing is that this thing might finally motivate the DJI to release their graphical OSD. Uh, this is also very interesting if the, there's a, there are rumors confirmed, I'm not really sure, because the, the fact that someone says confirmed or somebody says it's a rumor of the V3 goggles will have the graphical OSD or actually the better OSD um, might be nice. But we will know when we will know. The DJI usually, let's say, keeps uh, everything close to, to each other. They do not really say what's happening. Just look what happened with the first uh, DJI FPV system. It just... Here you go. And then the, the slightly... Even the slightly similar situation was with the FPV drone. Yeah, there were some leaks, uh, but very little leaks, and and so so let's see what's going on if there will be a V3 and what will V3 give us. Uh, but uh, so yes, Astromancer, there is something like the canvas mode if you hack and if you like and you are willing to be a a really brave man you can have something like the canvas mode. It's working with Betaflight. It by the way should also work with the INAV. Uh, because in both cases this is the same exactly procedure as with the uh, HD0 because HD0 also use, uses the uh, MSP display, display port uh, so adaption here and there should be relatively simple and work no problem uh, but let's let's um, let's see let's wait maybe something interesting will happen to, uh, out of it um, I hope so uh, by the way uh, the release candidate for the INAV 5 uh, is end of May. If you don't know yet, then at the end of May, please be prepared to see the release candidate 1 for the INAV 5. Uh, the plan is to finish adding the new features, all the new features, uh, until the mid of uh, May, so that we have some time for tests and maybe for merging. Uh, so summer with INAV 5 should be a thing, and it will be called the Ballistic Buzzard. I, I know, yes, ballistic, no control, blah, 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 but it, it kind of like sounds nice, ballistic buzzard. So it's just a nice, uh, nice name. Uh, Dorel Kodrut Patraska, how do you calculate the CG on the lead glider? Uh, with the more or less rectangular wings, uh, it's, it's actually pretty simple, because if the wing is more or less rectangular, then the center of the gravity should be closely to 33% from the leading edge of the wing. And that's all. Uh, if, however, we had the section about this uh, last uh, stream, I think, but if you have something more complicated, then you can always refer yourself to the ECALC. And there is the center of the gravity. It's a, it's a tool that allows you to design your wing however you want to design your wing. It can be a classical aeroplane, it can be the even the B-plane option, it can be... Uh, small stabilizer, big stabilizer, it can be V-tail, it can be whatever you really want to, even delta and the flying wings, even canards. 
uh, all you really have to do is to design the wing you have for example let's have a delta uh, this rather makes no sense for the for the delta so sweep we gonna have the 45 degrees uh, here we're gonna have zero 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 and this will be a very simple so this makes no sense uh -huh. yeah i made something i always have a problem with with this tool uh, but if you more or less uh, know how uh, this tool is working then uh, 47 tip cord uh, no just just have to ah okay yeah here and the panel span have to be i don't know 50. yes okay i have a nice delta wing and then i hit the calculator button and it says that the cg should be exactly over here so super nice tool when you get through the how to design your wing in this tool uh here you have the cheat sheet on how to do it then uh, you absolutely can uh, compute it scientifically for everything and by everything i do mean everything uh, even some fancy shapes. Uh, Ecalc uh, CG calculator is most probably the best CG calculator there is. Peter Sotoy, hello. Uh, I think FPV is about to try to maiden Octa. Uh, Octa maiden, nothing really like super scary. If you get the mixer right and all the motors are rotating in the correct direction, then this is simple. You just start to. Uh, increase the throttle and see if it's doing strange things on the ground and you punch out and usually you should be flying with the airplane it's kind of more complicated because those things if you have something wrong they just like bloop and there's sometimes even nothing to to get from those but but you know we will see how the maiden of the little glider will go on uh, my intention is to have it like a really like a cheap because this this airplane was cheap uh, almost everything I just got from somewhere and like put there. I don't think I bought anything for this airplane. Maybe the motors. Maybe the motors. I had to buy the motors. Yes, but everything else are just leftovers from my analog uh, quads. Uh, I just uh, put together flight controller. I had a flight controller. By the way, oh, in, uh, while we are talking about the flight controllers, I have some new stuff from Matek. Uh, for example, I have this thing. I have not opened those things yet because I had no time yet. Because uh, Matek is kind of releasing new types of the flight controllers recently. Uh, this thing I have over here is F411WTE. This thing is probably with more or less the size of F411 uh, S Wing SE, but maybe it's even slightly smaller. And this is also the sandwich type of the flight controller with the USB-C. And if you still have a flight controller with micro USB, then this is crap, just go with the USB-C. So something interesting with F411. I also finally got the samples of the F405 Mini TE. 
another smallish flight controller for interesting small designs. I, I might use it because I am designing 3 incher right now, because I want to have a 3 incher and since I like to design my own frames and uh, third edition, that's, that's a good comment, but maybe this is the third edition. Uh, second edition, third edition. That actually makes sense. You know what? Because there was F41, uh, there was the F405, F405 SE, and now we have the TE. That makes actually sense, absolutely. And I also have a prototype. Uh, Matek said that this is 100% a prototype, and it should be considered as the prototype. I'm not even sure if I should be showing this to someone. On the other hand, why not? Guess what? Integrated Express LRS Diversity Receiver. That's interesting. Uh, that might be really, really, really interesting uh, stuff that Matek uh, is uh, working on right now. Um, and I hope they will not be offended by me showing the this, this stuff when I showed some prototypes from the FreeSky two years ago. They were like, mm, we don't like Pavel anymore. I don't like them any as well. So, no, I don't say, cannot say that I don't like Free Sky. I just have a different vision, different stuff. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that really might be something very cool that Matek is working on. They already have the. Uh, integrated uh, they already have the diversity express address receiver uh for like a half a year so that's just one step forward and let's be honest this is just the next step of the evolution when everybody is using uh everything uh, the, the, the 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 express arrest and it was just expected that somebody will build something uh, like that um Chateau, Chateau, Chateau. Sorry, I, I cannot probably. I probably I'm butchering your nickname in just incredible way. Uh, and he has a problem with the GPS. It's a TBS M82, blah 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 blah, and it takes a lot of time to get eight satellites. And after this, flights is integrously. So uh, what's going on? You have a problem. Uh, you have a problem. Let me quickly find a video about uh, this problem because i have a video about this problem <laughs> now um first of all those gps's are not really the best quality people like to think that everything that uh, tbs sells is top notch and the best quality but this is not really the case uh, this is i think this is only rebranded bn180 and uh, usually people are just putting those things without really worrying about the interference and and electrical and RF noise and everything in a place that there's just something around it, like for example HD camera that's just blocking the signal, and that actually unfortunately makes the makes the problem. Um, uh, I have to find the video now. Um, it will probably take me some time, but. Uh, ah, I have the video. So here, 
Hi, I'm Pavel Spechalski and this yeah. is my Diaton Roma. Hi, I'm Pavel Spechalski. You know, this small you so uh, there should be a few ideas in this video on how to improve that, but uh, from my uh, perspective it's actually better to buy a better uh, GPS receiver and move it just slightly further away from anything that might be making any uh, RF interference because those things are, especially when the VTX is on, especially when the VTX is on, they can really like, uh, yeah, have some problems. So, yeah. Uh, Ezalku, Betaflight uh, 4.3, don't use uh, GPS return to home. Any feedback on this issue? <sighs> any feedback? If Betaflight says don't use, then just don't use. <laughs> That's only feedback I can I can I can give you. Um, but please let's not call what Betaflight offers the return to home. This is a GPS rescue uh, because it does not return to home; it just drops not close to home. So this is not exactly the same as the real proper return to home. Uh, if they say that there is a bug and you should not be using it, absolutely you shouldn't be using. That also means that there will be probably return to release candidate six. Uh, I don't know. I, I never really like looked at what what changed over there. But let's be honest, the 4.3 release is extremely big release, not only in the way of uh, number of features, but also how long it took uh, before after the previous release to get there and there is it, it's always highly expected that something will go wrong with the process and apparently in this case just something wrong went wrong with the process there is a bug in the gps rescue code that causes bad things to happen during flight and if the release candidate nobody promises that the release candidate is bugs free uh, at least it's it's notified that okay there's a problem don't use it we have to fix it so let's just wait until the beta flight team will fix it they are working very hard on uh, putting the 4.3 out uh, there's a lot of movement a lot of new code written and a lot of bugs fixed and that's all there is nothing nothing really to comment on that there's a developer song that there's 99 bugs uh, sitting on the on the wall, you fixed one, and then you have uh, one hundred and two bucks because every every change basically changes uh, something. Mm. So yeah, Kleiman, the GPS rescue is right now not operational with the Betaflight 4.3 and that's 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 all. Uh, there's nothing really to... you have to just wait. And uh, that's all that... yeah. Um, I have to... Sh I want to share something with you. I want to share something with you. Mm, remember me saying all the time that the RCN FPV hobby is dying. <laughs> uh, the, I had such a video last year, then I had a video that I said that just the, 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 the bubble inflated and, uh, and we are back to normal. And uh, I have another proof that this is, this is exactly what's happening. If you open the 
uh, Google Trends and just start typing the names of the flight controller softwares like INAV, Betaflight, CleanFlight, ImuFlight. Uh, you can add the ArduPilot, but the ArduPilot will also look uh, very closely to, to the blue line of INAV. Uh, you will see that less and less and less and less people are just uh, Googling for the flight controller software. And that means that either we have to assume that everything is working, everybody knows everything, and there are no questions about the Betaflight, or INAF or whatever, or just uh, people are no longer interested, or the people who were interested before are still interested. Because just look how what happened with the beta flight, where the clean flight, what was the top position of the clean flight in like 2016? It was here. Then the beta flight exploded, and the beta flight really exploded in 2017. Uh, when they were really like releasing like crazy, adding new features one after the other, go 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 go, fantastic! And basically, since the mid 2017, in the last five years, we have a decline of the popularity. So people are not using Google to search for it. Uh, with INAV, kind of similar situation. We had a spike over here in 2018, but it's also a decline. Clean flight, clean flight is dead. Nobody cares about the clean flight. Emu flight, that was somewhere right now. Also, nobody really cares about this. So that's just a proof, another small evidence, not the proof. That's just another small evidence that uh, the the bubble just broke and we are back to normal levels of the um, of the people like interested in this thing. If you, by the way, if you sum the clean flight and beta flight uh, those lines, uh, you will go to the more or less the same levels, 2000, let's say 2015 to 2017. That was the time for the FPV. That, that was the time to be alive. But after that, we have a nice declining trend uh, everywhere. And yeah, there's no further comments on that. It's just uh, another evidence that I'm right. <laughs> Um, that's sad, but maybe not sad. This is just the reality. We should really stop because who's left in the hobby? Uh, the people that are into the hobby, uh, the, the people who just wanted to join the FPV and uh, because this is a great fun and no problems associated with that exists, then they were quickly like, nah, this is not really for me. And who's left, then who's left, who left, then who left, and left and left. Okay, <laughs> that's a nice, I think it's a nice job. It's a English wordplay. Ah, but you know, yeah. Hmm, Astromancer, I'm afraid FPV is headed for the fate uh, far worse. Soon it will be full of middle-aged men who argue about technical stuff, like ach, te all technical hobbies. But I am a middle-aged man. <laughs> um, this is natural, this is natural. Uh, if... Uh... <laughs> If something exploded when for the teenagers, okay, no, twins, people in the 20s, 30s, 10 years later, they are 30s, 40s, and 10 years later, they are 40s, 50s, and I'm cl closer to 50 than I was closer to 40. So I'm a middle-aged man talking about technical stuff, and you are, I don't know if you are a middle-aged man, but I... 
I have a strong suggest I have a strong feeling that I exactly know that you are a middle-aged man. Uh, I should have some wordy analytics. Um, where do I have the analytics? Uh, yeah, this is interesting. Let me quickly make a screenshot and let me share the screenshot with you. Uh, screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. Yeah. 99.1% are males and 30.8% are between 35 and 44 years. Does it qualify as the middle-aged man? I think so. And uh, 45 to 54, definitely also the middle-aged uh, man. Very little, very, very, very little of the teenagers, uh, young adults, I don't know what's the correct term, uh, but 35-44 is, is basically 40-year-old male from the United States is the typical FPV pilot. Uh, you want to prove about the United States? Sure, you see, 21% of the, everyone watching this channel are from the United States. Yeah, it's this. Uh, honestly, could be worse. Could be absolutely worse. It's not really uh, that bad. Uh, so, you know, you see, Zalku 47, uh, Def R 43, Astrobancer 37, middle aged. Yeah, it depends what really the name middle means. Uh, if this was like a uh, hundred years ago, then we would be grandfathers. Technically, I can I be a grandfather? I think technically it's possible, for example, for me to become a grandfather. I hope it will not happen for the next, like, a lot of years, but it's technically possible. So, definitely a middle-aged man. Um, unfortunately, fortunately, yeah, but, you know, the life expectancy is, is going up and uh, our life in general for the population is getting better. Like, my wife today made a comment. We were sightseeing some... Twierdza uh, Kostrzyn. You have any idea what Twierdza Kostrzyn is? No, you don't know what Twierdza Kostrzyn is. Uh, I can show you some. No, I will not show you some pictures. I have some videos from the drone from the Twierdza Kostrzyn. Uh, there were some uh, role playing people dressed like in the mm, costumes from like 200 300 years ago you know those hats and surduts whatever this thing is called swords and uh, beautiful dresses and and so on and whoa look how amazing that was wow yeah, I, I would like to live in that age but if you were not like on this top notch of the aristocracy yeah i would probably be already dead because the chance of me living up to 45 when not being an aristocrat and not having to work would... The chances would be slim pickings. I would probably have a few diseases. I would be... I would not have enough of the vitamins and uh, in general food to eat and to feed my family. So no, no, no. We should be very, very, very glad that we do not have to live uh, 200, 300 years ago. Even 100 years ago. Even the living conditions 100 years ago were really horrible. And uh, children, small children working in the mines was something that was happening all the time. So, no. It's not true that we picked like two years as, as this 
picked. Maybe we picked in the 90s. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, Astromancer. Yeah, you are. Mm, King Pupra. Old enough to care about safety and too young not to have fun. Okay, that's an interesting uh, way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah. Great mm, Ritholm. Uh, that's because young uh, people can't afford to blow shit up and buy new and start over lol. Um, I'm not sure I, I agree with that statement. Uh, because when I was younger, yes, uh, I was earning much, 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 much less. On the other hand, I was also spending much, 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 much less and I was still blowing money on the stuff I probably should never really buy. <sighs> but, but you know, priorities, priorities, priorities. And, uh, but, okay, maybe we have something uh, more interesting to talk about. Uh, Dan has a question. Is there any good web page as the resource for choosing quad motors? Uh, do you keep your shopping list updated? No, my shopping list is not really updated. Uh, it's not very recent. The reason is very simple because I have no business in doing so. The affiliate marketing is basically gone. Mm, why? Because three, four years ago, people were buying from China. They were buying from Banggood, AliExpress, and, and so on. And they were, in general, buying uh, RCFPV. So uh, it was kind of nice element of my monthly income to have affiliate links. However, last year it changed. And what happened? Uh, people stopped buying. <laughs> no, that just just people stopped buying from China. Uh, I had a peer, I had a I have an analytics of how often people were clicking in the affiliate links, and uh, I could really like compare this with the number of people that ended with the purchase of anything from China, and the number were just going down, 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 down all the time. Right now, I, for example, I removed almost all of the affiliate links from my uh, YouTube videos on the primary channel. I have some, but really very little uh, on my secondary channel. And if people are buying anything, they are buying electronics, like for example, Arduinos, ESPs, uh, stuff like that. But affiliate marketing for the FPV stuff, no, 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 not really, not really a thing right now. Uh, so I do not really have much of the incentive of, of up, keeping the list uh, up to date because why? If, yeah, okay, maybe some some things are still relevant. I, I go through the list from time to time and I try to update the uh, the things that I don't think are worthy or not, but don't really like too much effort. You can, maybe you will find something interesting. But like I said, the affiliate marketing is basically down. Um, Radio Master tried to suggest to me that I should go into affiliate marketing for the Radio Master, but I said no. Mm -mm, that doesn't really make sense because uh, the only 
places where you can have anything from the affiliate marketing were Chinese shops like uh, AliExpress and uh, Banggood, but nobody buys from China. If anybody buys anything, they are more often choosing right now local uh, resellers because when there is no VAT difference in Europe, for example. So, yeah. I, I for example, but we, when we are talking about the motors, I also struggle with the motors. Uh, I always have a problem which motor to choose. I have no protos, have no problems for the five or the seven inch multi rotors, but when choosing something for three inch, I'm building right now, or for the airplane, always like, hmm. Eh, sometimes I hit, sometimes I miss. Um, yeah. Yes, and this is a very interesting uh, comment from Alterman Flicht. I only crash a few bucks a day, cheaper than smoking cigarettes. Um, there's also something into it, because uh, I also noticed that I barely do not destroy stuff when I crash. I fly maybe slightly less, I fly slightly better, I do not crash that often. Uh, and that means I do not have to replace much of the stuff. Yes, I know I'm in this comfortable position that I get stuff for free so from time to time. Like, for example, on this side of my workbench, I have a huge, huge pile and the pile is actually a correct, uh, correct, correct, uh, correct, correct word. Let, let me, let me show you something. I will un, 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 uh, disconnect the camera and I will show you something. Uh, we can move this thing over here. in the process. So, um, over here I have a huge pile of flight controllers. Mostly, oh, you cannot hear me because the microphone was off. So over here is this huge pile of the flight controllers, Matex, a lot of Mambas, because I was helping Diaton to build the targets for the Mambas. Uh, there are motors, there are gimbals, uh, there are some batteries and other stuff. So... <laughs> Okay, it's just, just better. To, oh, the zoom, the zoom ring. Okay, are we in focus? Are we in focus? I started using manual focus on the camera recently because then you do not have this problem that uh, autofocus tries to recapture the focus, although it's constantly in the focus. So, so yeah, I'm in this comfortable position. Like, I don't remember when was the last time I had to buy a flight controller for the new build. No, I remember. Last year I bought for a flight controller for this thing. I bought the Matek board <laughs> and I also bought a flight controller for my Cinelifter, also the Matek board. Because Alto uh, Matek sends me from something from time to time. I do not ask anybody to give me stuff for free when I'm building something. If I don't have anything, I just buy something because that's 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 honest. So, so no. But but even if I would 
actually buy the stuff I used in the last year or two, there would be not really that much. Yeah, motors. Okay, maybe motors, frames I'm doing myself. Uh, I try to keep the number of the flying things under control. So when I just stop flying something, I just either sell it or I just like take dismantle everything and sell some parts, reuse some parts. So, And I don't think this is happening only for me, just because people are not building that much. Ah. Anyhow, I got two donations from the Sensei Security School. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm super grateful for your super kind uh, cash. Uh... Oh, Sensei Security school tried to reach me about my car's extender warranty <laughs> no, sorry is this a joke <laughs> um no you haven't because i don't have extended security warranty on my car see that's interesting uh that's interesting uh stuff no i have one but it's expired and i don't have a, i have two cars not on the second one so and i'm not buying by the way <laughs> i'm by the way uh, not buying extended warranty because the extended warranty uh cars recently do not really break that much as they used to. Anyhow, if you would like to contact me, then please uh, use my email address uh, pespechalski at gmail.com. You can find it on my YouTube channel, no problem. And I usually answer all the emails in the reasonable amount of time, not more than two weeks. Because, sorry, I do not uh, answer every email I get immediately. There's just too much of that. And yeah, so, but either way, thank you for a super kind $20 donation. You know how to contact me via the... I can even type it over here. Uh, Dan has a question. What was the most annoying build I've ever done? Did you did I ever try to make enough helicopter? No, no helicopters. Uh, I'm not really that much into the, this kind. One day maybe I will build something, but no. Probably the most irritating build was the seven. my first 7-incher based on the iFlight uh, XL7 uh, with thin 4mm arms. Oh, man. This thing was such a nightmare in the air because it was vibrating all the time. I was doing crazy stuff, changing motors, replacing filter, and it was always like vibrating jello and it was terrible in flight. And everything, every single problem just went away when I switched the frame and put bigger motors. That was super irritating. Um, Still, I have the different uh, stuff that were not flying like I hoped they would fly, like all the bicopters and stuff like that. Uh, but I never build the bicopters or experimental craft uh, to expect them to fly great. I just build them because I wanted to build them, and that was giving me fun, like like the flying stick. It's kinda. It's it's only an experiment. Nothing absolutely nothing else i don't expect this i know i know <laughs> i know this thing is uh, shit in the air but you know 
Uh, Anne thinks FPV will most Mamba F4 work with INAV. Yes, uh, everything with the F405, F405i2C, and now Mamba has the F405 2022A. Those targets will be supported with the INAV 5, but everything uh, older than target. Oh, I have. Oh, yeah. uh, Mamba is starting with the new Target series. I'm not sure you can see it. Uh, they are called Mamba F405 2022A and the Mamba uh, F722 2022A. Those will be supported only in the INAV 5, uh, but everything called there uh, works with INAV absolutely uh, no problem. Mm. Ah, uh, short bus. Okay, that was a joke. I like I like this kind of the jokes. <laughs> uh, in in Poland, the, the 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 annoying calls right now are the photovoltaics. They call people all the time, because I don't know why. <laughs> oh, but do you have the photovoltaics? Maybe you would like to install the photovoltaics somewhere. Like install the photovoltaics because the photovoltaics in even like the, no pure pure nightmare. Absolute pure nightmare. Uh, Zuren Beam, I have a question. Are there any projects like the INAF Radar 32? We tried two years ago when it was new. Really like it when it worked, but the devices are so low range to be useful. We tried 433. Um, no, there are no new projects like the INAF uh, Radar. The problems with the range was actually the problem. I think it's the problem of the hardware itself. Uh, I think that the ESP32 in 900 MHz range are just better and I think you can switch INAF rather to use 900 uh, MHz. Uh, please refer to Mr. D falling with style channel. I know he's been experimenting recently with the uh, INAF radar and actually can give you a better uh, information about is it this is this thing working and how this thing working. So definitely go to Mr. D following with style uh, to to get extra info. I'm not currently using INAF radar, so I cannot uh, help you much. But people are using this thing and they are quite happy with the results. So why no? Mm. Uh, over here getting advertisement calls that you did not agree on getting ahead yeah so okay I, I, I missed the joke sorry sensei security school my bad my bad I'm yeah extended warranty nobody calls in Poland about extended warranty no they call about some uh, pseudo held national health programs and photovoltaics and like uh no <laughs> it's a good thing that that uh, the modern phones have the spam button report spam and nobody will call me from that number again so that's actually a good question big boost fpv lumanier axi hd2 or iFlight crystal hd 
Um, I was using crystals. I never really... And I stopped using crystals. Um, because uh, I don't think that uh, when using in the normal conditions, up to the ranges to which this thing was designed, the crystal is actually a requirement. Yeah, sure. If you really want to fly far, 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 far away, then maybe those few dBs of the ran of the gain uh, of the antenna will give you something. Uh, however, I was not really in the in the conditions that I was using the uh, the antennas were not really like okay. I just installed the normal antennas and it was exactly the same. So so why should I use it? Mm. I think that Lumenier makes better antennas than iFlight. Mm, still, I never tested the Lumenier with the VNA because I don't have the VNA that works up to 5 uh, gigahertz. So even if I would have this thing, I would not be able to, to retest it. But if the money is not a problem, I would probably go with the Lumineer. And that's all. That's that's the reality. If, however, the money on the Lumineer is too high, because it is too high, <laughs> I would go with the iFlight Crystal HD. Uh, but I'm, for example, I stopped using Crystal HD. I'm just using stock antennas, and it's working just fine in the in the uh, in the way that I'm flying my stuff. So why not? Primos mm, Fathe, hello, uh, Fabian, flying run. What antenna do I recommend for the air unit RPSMA connectors to get the best range? Uh, but the Air units are not RPSMA. Uh, the air units are uh, MMCX. So you would have to buy yourself the MMCX to RPSMA uh, pigtail first. And when you do it, you might expect uh, kind of that, A, this is kind of bigger and heavier and does not really offer you that much. So I'm everything I fly with the DJI is using stock antennas. Um, The only place when I use slightly fancier setup on my DJI quads is my Pirx 7, where, as you can see, the air unit is over here, but the antennas are over here. I just installed two straight MMCX to RPSMA. This is, but I never remember if those antennas are uh, those antennas from the DJI RPSMA or SMA. I think RPSMA. Or some RPSMA, uh, but you have to remember that those antennas are left-hand uh, polarized. Uh, majority of the antennas we use on the analog uh, are right-hand polarized, and the uh, the antennas on the DJI. If you don't want to replace every single antenna uh, you use, including the antennas in the goggles, are left-hand polarized. And if you try to find the good left-hand polarized antennas, RPSMA, you find out that there are not really that much of them. When I was trying to put something better on that quad at one point, uh, no, no, that doesn't make sense. I'm just keeping the original DJIs uh, because those are DJI antennas, not MCCX, but RPSMA. Uh, and 
stayed like that for last year and works perfectly. So, so yeah. Mm, Decon FPV, is there a trust parameter you can increase to give you more authority on the throttle wind post hold mode on the multicopter? Yes, you have to increase the vertical speed, vertical velocity, because the default veloc vertical velocity you can drive with the throttle stick is relatively low. I think it's 5 meters per second. You can just increase this value to, let's say, 10 meters per second, and then the same movement on the throttle will just give you the twice as high the response. Let's connect my development board. So uh, I have to find a cable. So we have a nice example in the uh, enough configurator. Okay, almost here. Almost here. Don't run, don't be shy. Don't be shy. So, if you go to the Advanced Tuning tab, you have to increase the... where is it? Uh, this one. Uh, max Alt Hold Climb Rate and Max Navigation Climb Rate. Maybe not touch the Max Navigation Climb Rate, but Max Alt Hold Climb Rate by default it's only 2 meters per second and that's not really fast. If you, for example, increase it to 5 meters per second, then it will be just way, 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 way more responsive. By the way, uh, something that INAV Configurator 5 will get. You see that some of the fields have this yellowish background and some of the fields are uh, with the how it's called the bluish background now look here and look here INAF configurator right now tells you if the sec if the settings is profile pit profile based on the battery profile based so you can have multiple battery profiles with multiple PID profiles and when you configure something you know if this is global setting or this is profile setting or battery profile setting and this is uh, over here this is in the configuration page uh, basically everywhere when this is, makes sense even if we go to the PID tuning tab you will notice that, for example, everything in the PID is profile. Yes, because this is the PID profile. Quite a useful thing, and uh, I think it will solve a lot of problems when people setting up something slightly, slightly, slightly more advanced. Uh, while we are here, let me quickly go through the official part of when we're gonna have the next live stream. And uh, it goes like that. Next weekend is the national holiday in Poland, so no live stream. So let's try to have the live stream on the 7th of May. That's just uh, my wild idea in two weeks. Uh, not 100%, I cannot yet 100% confirm that because of the, some of the things that might be happening. But if not, then the next one will be on the 14th of the of the May. So in two or three weeks, we're going to have the next live stream. And I think it will be amazing. Uh, or not. <laughs> depends. Uh, depends, depends, depends. Mm. 
Ok. <laughs> nice joke, all the antenna talk uh, seems polarizing. Yeah. Um, Uh, Peter Lawrence, this is a very good question, by the way. Uh, is there a difference for digital on right-hand polarization or left-hand circular polarization? No, there is absolutely not a practical difference between those polarizations, between the, the, the one is right-hand polarized, this is goes like that, so, so right-hand polarized, and the right-hand polarized is clockwise, and uh, this is counterclockwise is the left hand pole. And I, I forgot uh, which one is which one. And they basically work exactly the same. However, when the RHCP became like the most popular uh, for the analog, because when people started flying analog, the, the majority of the, the first antennas were uh, RHCP, so people started using RHCP. Of course, some people were still using left-hand circular polarized, but it kind of became a natural standard that uh, everybody were buying uh, right-hand polarized uh, antennas. And when the DJI released their system, they just switched to left-hand uh, circular polarized. I think the reason why they switched to the left-hand, uh, like broke the standard, uh, is to reduce the interference with the analog pilots. Because when you have the right-hand polarization uh, versus left-hand polarization, you basically, on the polarization mismatch, lose 99% of the of the the strength of the signal so that means that analog pilots are not interfering with the digital and the digital are not interfering that much with the analog and i think this was just the the main reason that dgi decided with good to go with the left hand circular polarization and it stayed like that and there is not really a difference for the pilot if he has everything on one or the other it will not work better if he switches to a different one it's it's just it's just physics physics doesn't care about the application usually so 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 that's all mm. Uh, Modeler uh, has a 7-inch Gap RC Mark IV with INA 4.1 stock settings. The motors uh, make grinding noses and it almost flies to the moon. However, with Betaflight 4 to 11, it flies very smooth also with stock setting ideas. Um, something is getting through. Uh, something is getting through. I have no idea what is getting through to the detail most probably. It would be very useful if you can record the uh, black box lock and just see what's really oscillating. Most probably it's just a subtle difference in the filtering uh, or maybe your quad is just uh, very noisy and default filtering in iNav handles this frequency slightly better than the iNav handles that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if the problem with the vibrations on this on the squad are not like super severe this can be fixed by adjusting one of the filters uh, which one i don't know yet uh, try lo try lowering the degains uh, lower the degains uh, maybe this will improve something and lower the main gyro lpf a little and the determ oh the determ lpf so uh, when we do have the 
INF configurator. Uh, check the derivative over here. Uh, those are airplane settings, not the quad. But lower them slightly. And when you go to the filters, lower the D-term LPF frequency to, let's say, 90. Yeah, 90. And the main gyro cutoff frequency to, let's say, 85 more or less to those values and see if this will uh, help you and also but if you apply the default so everything else should be running fine black box lock probably the black box lock is the only way to really know what's uh, going on and why this is not working like you would like this thing to work Mm, winter JFW, I have air wing with INA 4.1. I have a artificial horizon drift after a few minutes of flying. Um, another with the artificial horizon. It, artificial horizon problem is usually caused by the mismatch on the data that accelerometer and the gyro gets. Uh, you should, uh, I think, the Mr. D falling and with style and black is tech uh, have a nice videos about to how to deal with the uh, artificial horizon drift. Um, so maybe this is uh, this is this is the thing. Bitboost FPV. I think it's a D-term LPF. I also think it's a D-term LPF. I also also think that this is one, but without you know the proof, it's really hard to to find out. Uh, by the way, I, I even have the video about why uh, enough motors are getting hot because of the D-term LPF. <laughs> but but you know, um, if we go to the YouTube's. Mm, what do you think? Oh, yeah, we have to go here. What do you think about my new uh, thumbnail for the live stream? It's such a, yeah. <laughs> um, evolution of the cat. So now you know what kind of the videos I'm... Uh... I'm watching like the evolution of the cats, uh, mono camera, oh, a lot of guns, not, not actually a lot of guns. I do not really watch the guns videos, but I love Forgotten Weapons channel. I never owned a gun. I was shooting the gun like once on the shooting uh, shooting field. Uh, shooting field, no, I, I don't think it's uh, On the range, uh, it was fun. But I just love how Ian talks about uh, guns and I love to watch how the guns are built and I even bought the book from Ian that I'm waiting for almost a year now uh, about the Chinese pistols. But I'm still waiting for, for the Kickstarter. Uh, so they they have printed this already. So yeah, but anyhow. Um, you should definitely go to the Mr. D Falling with Style. And you should go to the Mark Hoffman. If you are listening, please rename your channel from Blackie's Tech B14. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just write Mark Hoffman. That would be just fine. Uh, both of them have nice uh, materials about the artificial horizon drift. So please check those channels and they will just give you much better of the explanation. I think uh, Mark Blackistech has a best way of uh, handling the horizon drift of, of the mob. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Modeler, thank you very much for the five uh, Swiss 
Frank's uh, donation. Um, I hope you will be able to resolve the problem. Uh, the term LPF probably is too high, uh, and you have to lower this thing. It really depends on how uh, how beaten the props are and so on. Uh, yeah. Uh, Aero FPV 18650 packs. What is better, welding or soldering? If you have the welder, then welding is better. If this don't have the welder, then soldering is better. But no, I have a video on my channel on how to... Not this one. Maybe I move this video to my second channel on how to solder 18650. It's actually pretty simple if you have the soldering acid. Uh, let me quickly find the video. How to solder 18650. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have it. So this one uh, on my secondary YouTube channel. This video was on my primary YouTube channel, but I moved this over there. So basically, if you have the soldering acid, uh, this is, I think this is phosphoric uh, soldering acid. The procedure of soldering this thing is extremely simple. It's like bam, it's done. If you what's happening, uh, the uh, see, uh, without layer. absolutely no effort, uh, very nice uh, solder layer on the on the connector on the 18650. The reason this is hard to solder and people are welding is because those uh, batteries are nickel plated and uh, nickel when apl when applied the, the, the oxygen around it very quickly oxidizes and makes the very thin layer of the uh, nickel oxide and the nickel oxide is a very good insulator uh, and it's an insulator that does not uh, dissolve in the temperatures high not like not high and also the nickel oxide uh, is not affected by the regular flux we use uh, when soldering regular stuff so if you scratch uh, for example the the contact yes you will remove the most of the nickel oxide but then the oxygen is there again it oxidizes the nickel again and so another layer is created so so no, no this doesn't work yes higher temperature helps a little but uh, applying the this i think this is phosphoric acid uh, watch the video this will give you a nicer explanation what the phosphoric acid, soldering acid does it just dissolves the nickel oxide layer while you are soldering and the solder has a chance to bond with the nickel uh, because the nickel oxide is dissolved by the acid and if you have the proper procedure with the high temperature and the relatively big soldering tip, it's just a, a second and it's done. Uh, but if you will try to do the same with like, like uh, trying and trying and trying without the uh, soldering acid, then yeah, the cell can overheat, can lower the life and so on, while with the spot welding is just welded but you have to have the spot welder i know you can buy them from china relatively cheap yet still um i never thought that this is that important because one bottle of the soldering acid solves my soldering needs for like four years now and it costs like few bucks so so i just use soldering acid when i really have to build something it's a quite nice procedure like 
a moment and a nice soldering joint uh, is made and it lasts for very very long. So and the same by the way goes with uh, soldering aluminium. Uh, exactly the same. Uh, aluminium oxide uh, also is a very good insulator and this is why uh, soldering aluminium without the soldering acid uh, or at least a very good flux is uh, super irritating. Super irritating stuff. But yeah. Okay, we still have like 10 minutes, so Ooh, wait a second. One of the lights died. Um, I'm using those small Lanzi lights. They are pretty cool. Uh, small, they like, you know, for the, as the accent light uh, from the background. But they are battery operated, and they have no way to have uh, to power every, every light over here from the mains. So, and I unfortunately I forgot to charge this battery. But at least the Mavic is charged right now, so I can charge it instead of the Mavic. And by the way, when now in 2022 you are buying any kind of the battery operated equipment, and the equipment is not charged with the USB-C, don't buy. It. It's just super irritating not to have the separate charger for everything. Um, but that's a completely different uh, different story. Mm, Jacob uh, Brubaker, I have a 10-inch build that flies terrible on Betaflight 4.2 defaults. Flight better on the Imu flight with the 8-inch preset. How do you think it would fly with INAV 4.1 defaults? I have no bloody idea. Mm. I have no bloody idea, but um, in general, applying presets uh, is just, well, you just apply presets. You don't know if the preset is really made for you. This is one of the reasons the INAV stopped offering the presets. Uh, we have only defaults. Um, most probably, when you apply the defaults, it will be very wobbly and not very stable because most probably the gains will be too low uh, but it all depends if this is the old build or relatively new build uh, tuning those big quads is actually a very simple task because you apply the defaults you have to lower the main gyro lpf i would lower this to like 10 inches so i would lower the main gyro lpf to 60 hertz and the determ lpf to like uh, 70 hertz but we can connect to the configurator, so so we so we all know what's happening. I would lower those two. So when we are here, I would go to the PID tuning. But this is different profile, so do not look at the actual numbers. I would lower main gyro cutoff frequency to seventy. Yeah, something like a 70, the D-term LPF cutoff frequency to something like uh, 75, maybe 80, start with 75. And then with the peak gains, basically you will have to push the peak gains uh, as high as possible until the quad has the stability. That's, that's the tuning process for those 10 inches. Um, that's how I do it every time with something bigger and uh, works like a charm. Don't worry about the E gains, uh, I gains, don't worry about the D gains. Uh, just worry about the P gains because they are the most important ones.
Mieloxin. Uh, is there a way to limit altitude and distance to get the craft follow your regulations? Um, yes, you can limit the altitude, uh, but this is only applied on the navigation modes. Uh, there is a ceiling setting and uh, you can just set it. Uh, go to the docs uh, and you will... I don't remember the name of the settings, but there it is over there. Uh, but there is, um, I don't think, even if you will have those two settings, you will really follow all the regulations that European Union requires you to have. I don't think this is it. You can have return to home when the distance is uh, crossed, because you can do it with the logic conditions. But I don't think that um, this is legally binding. Uh, it's possible to have used the logic conditions to have return to home trigger when you cross the distance, and it will just start going back because it's just there. Uh, but I think that um, European Union had something more advanced in mind when I figure out uh, this thing. So, uh, Jeffrey, yes, you can solder aluminium. Uh, not every alloy of the aluminium. Uh, the joint will probably not be the best joint ever, and uh, it's much more complicated and irritating than soldering copper. But yes, you can solder aluminium. I'm not saying you should, but if you really want to, you can solder aluminium. Uh, absolutely doable with proper tools and proper chemistry. <laughs> and uh, by the proper tools, I usually mean that this has to be a, a big S soldering iron and a good flux uh, slash uh, soldering acid. We'll solder through. And maybe gas atmosphere, like nitrogen. Like you can weld aluminium. Not all the uh, alloys of the aluminium are weldable, but this, the same applies to the uh, to the soldering of the of the aluminium. Uh, Ethics FPV? No, I don't fly ni fly nitro. No, no, mm -mm. <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> Electric is just boom, just go. Um, Astromancer regarding EU regulations. Will disobedience is always an option? I say something different. If you are using the drone or the airplane, RC airplane, to, as part of the business, uh, then you have no choice. You kind of have to follow the regulations. And But if you are using this as part of the business, uh, then you have to have insurance and so on. Uh, and rather you are not then building this yourself. Uh, probably you will buy yourself a DJI and so on because... This thing has the CE mark and, and so on and so on. When you build yourself something, then you you kind of have to confirm that this is passes all the regulations, but it doesn't really passes all the regulations. So a problem. Uh, most probably, even if you have the insurance for the self-made drone and uh, you crash the self-made drone into something expensive, the insurance company will not pay anything because most probably you were operating this thing not really 100% legally. That's the reality. 
So absolutely, uh, if you are doing something dangerous or where the insurance is a thing, just go with something you buy and somebody else says that it's meeting all the regulations. That's that's the way to go. You do not want to build yourself something like that. Because then you are the entity that kind of promises that this is following all the regulations. Uh, irritating, super irritating. Um, however, when you are just a bloke flying somewhere, then uh, don't do anything stupid. That's the major rule. Don't do anything stupid. There is no drone police. They will not hunt you down as long as you're not doing anything stupid. If you are just flying in the middle of the nowhere when you post no threat to anyone, you're not trespassing anyone's property, and in general, you're not doing anyone stupid, nobody will care. Absolutely, nobody will care. Even when somebody cares, comes to you, asks you a question, and oh, you cannot fly over here. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm gone. But fly far from the any property, fly far from people, animals, far from uh, airplane airfields. Check on the maps if the place is not excluded from the from the from the flight. Like this is the uh, national reserve or. or or whatever, there are applications for each country that tell you if this is no-fly zone or no. But if it's not a no-fly zone and there is nobody around, nobody will fucking care what you are doing in your spare time. And that's just the reality. That's not even the disobedience, because if you don't want to have troubles, you absolutely should not dis dis you should not ignore the law. But, but let's be honest. Don't do anything stupid and nobody will care. Don't post any kind of the threat and nobody will care. Don't, basically, don't do anything stupid. That's 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 my advice, absolutely. Advice. And that's all. Or just fly below 250 grams. And then you can always say, but this is below 250. And that's all. I know it's not really like always the same, but but you know. Okay, gents, because I don't think we have any ladies today. <laughs> um, that was a nice, uh, nice, nice stream. I think uh, we will be slowly ending uh, because of that. Thank you very much for for watching. Oh, by the way, I I got me something. I started spending some of my money. I got me used, and by used I mean really used and old, uh, another micro for thirds uh, camera, a compact one. Uh, right now I have an adapter for the analog, old Russian, by the way, uh, lens, but I plan to put a small 14 millimeters, uh, 14, yes, 14 millimeters uh, pancake lens on this thing, and uh, maybe go with the photography street lens, uh, street street photography like I was doing years, 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 years ago. I love the Micro Four Thirds uh, cameras. I think they are just just amazing way to to make a big camera, small camera, fancy camera, and cheap camera and expensive camera. Uh, I have this uh, GH5 as a main camera right now. This also makes kind of decent and I can attach every kind of the lens. Even like this Nikon lens I have for like 10 years or more. See, look how 
כן? Look how ridiculous this looks. <laughs> Nikon lens with the converter with the uh, aperture ring uh, because this is manual aperture so I can just change the aperture uh, on the on the lens and look how small of the compact camera this is with how huge lens connected with uh, the crop factor this thing has 400 millimeters uh, 400 millimeter lens equivalent uh, on the <laughs> small frame and uh, with the optical stabilization you can shoot in the daylight without tripods how cool is that <laughs> 400 millimeters like that super 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 quality is poor but it works <laughs> okay manual focus but but it's a different um uh, okay, the final question because this is about ND filters and by the way I'm planning to record the material about the ND filters uh, quite soon uh, when I will only find some time. Uh, do I think that ND filters are for FPV flying? Mm. ND filters are very important part of every cinematic production. If you want to, this is very important, if you want to pretend that you are shooting a cinematic takes. Because what's happening? When traditional photography is, is made like that, you have light and you have the shutter speed, you have the aperture and you have the ISO. So you can regulate all the, those three to have proper exposure of the, of the sensor and get a proper amount of light. So this is the reality. When you are only shooting a photos it's not really important because you have all those three um, and even if you will make the photo usually with the like one eight thousand of the second of the shutter speed everything will be just fine however when we are shooting videos situation changes uh, situation changes because uh, all the cameras we are using uh, for recording flight videos and not only by the way the uh, lenses have the constant aperture you cannot on the gopro you cannot change the aperture and the aperture over there is 2.8 and uh, iso cannot go lower than the how much i think 200 is the lowest possible value on the new gopro cameras and that means that uh, on the in the sunlight in the sunny sunny day the shutter speed that the camera will have to use is around one eight thousandth of the second well everything will be fine uh, but there will be no motion blur uh, more than 100 years of the cinematography taught us that there is a certain motion blur when the, something is moving uh, our one more time this is just a just how it began uh, in the beginning we were shooting with 24 uh, frames per second and because the shutter was a spinning disc then uh, half was open half was closed when it was closed the next frame was moved and exposed so the, this is called the 180 degree shutter this uh, on the 24 uh, fps this more or less gives us 48 1 slash 48 second which is 1 slash 50 of the second and our brains we are trained to see the motion blur of the equivalent of the one fiftieth of the second uh, shutter speed as the cinematic, because this is how shots look on the cinema. 
uh, we more or less interpret that with the speed this amount of the motion blur looks natural or not natural but if you make the shot make the, the shot with one eight thousand of the second of the shutter uh, you will see the difference uh, it's especially on, the, on during the flight on the corners uh, you will see that on the 8000 of the second of the shutter speed there is absolutely no motion blur no matter how fast you are flying but with the 50 or the 100 because when you switch to 50 60 fps you also kind of have to uh, bump the lower the, the shutter speed yeah, so no. If you just want to do the flippy floppy, you don't need really the uh, the ND filter because it's not a, it's not true that the ND filter reduces the jello. It's not it's not really working like that, or that this flight is smoother. No, it's not smoother. That's just the, uh, using the ND filter really allows you to have more motion blur, but it's not smoothness. This is very important, and uh, also majority of those ND filters that we people put are like I don't know ND four, ND eight. But when I did the proper math of how much of the ND filter you should put on the during the sunny day on the Hero 10 uh, in the daylight, like sunny day, really like to have something like a reasonable shutter speed, it's ND32. Yeah, so yes, if you want to have more natural uh, feeling of the footage, then definitely you need ND filter. But surprise surprise you need good anti filter because the cheap anti filters uh, and good and expensive anti filter because the cheap anti filters are not nd nd stands for natural density uh, so they should be gray uh, they should give no tint but however i found out the hard way that every cheap filter you can buy is giving you brownish tint which kind of looks uh, nasty and you have to uh, fix that in the post-production so so good anti filter definitely good anti uh, filter at least anti filter mm, in the sunlight and the 32 uh, in the evening uh, you might go with nd8 uh, but at least nd8 this is the the lowest lowest value uh, I, for example, lately for not for the drones because this is not there. I'm using those, but I have not ever seen the the fader for the for the GoPro. But if you make an adapter, you can probably fit that. This is the fader. Uh, this is the ND filter adjustable. Those are two polarization filters. I'm not sure you can see it. Oh, now you can see it. Uh, when you move the ring on the filter, it goes from this one. I think goes from ND. No, it's not written anywhere. I think it goes from AD8 to ND200, uh, but this is rather for the for the cameras like that, not really for the for the GoPros. Okay, thank you very much. That was kind of interesting stream. Um, maybe not the best one because we had some technical problems at the beginning, the barking dog and <laughs> stuff happening all the time. I'm and I'm tired probably. I. But that was not my best performance ever. However, thank you very much for watching. We will see each other in two or three weeks, depending on the situations. I will update. Uh, I will make the scheduled live stream so so everybody knows. And thank you. Happy flying. Bye.